Monday Night Rugby on Off The Ball. Hello, you're welcome along to Monday Night Rugby. Keith Wood is in studio, as is Rory O'Connor from the Irish Independent. We are on, we are live suddenly, unexpectedly there. In answer to your question asked a moment ago, Keith, I'm very well, thank you. Excellent, you? excellent. You like that accent, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good at accents. But uh, you're welcome to studio. Thank you, it's good to be in it's studio, to here actually. on Monday. It's yeah. very exciting for all of us. Rory, you're very welcome as ever. Thank you, Joe. Uh, so, a new year. We have, uh, I mean, we're straight back into it. European action is around the corner and then Six Nations. And we had, I guess, round three of this Interpro series at the weekend. Uh, Munster, who haven't loved their away trips to Connacht, came through to win 31 points to 24. Uh, Glasgow messing up against Treviso means that Munster suddenly top of Conference A in the Pro 14. And for Leinster at the RDS, it was plain sailing. They beat Ulster 40 points to 7. They are 19 points clear at the top of Conference B. And so at the weekend, Leinster host Toulouse this Saturday. Munster are away to Gloucester on Friday. Ulster have Racine in that crunch game in Belfast. And Connacht will host Sale. So that's about us up to speed. That is where we are. Absolutely. Okay. Everything is all right in the world, isn't it? Your standout takeaways from the weekend? Um, Start with Munster Connacht, maybe? Yeah. Um, enjoyed the game. Thought Munster did pretty well. It was like a story of two Farrells for a while, um, which was uh, which was pretty impressive. Um, I thought Munster structured the game very well and um, were in control for a huge amount of the game. I thought Munster were poor defensively, and there was right. a, a lot of um, um, slipped off tackles and people coming out of the line, which. You see when players are kind of drafted back in that have been out injured for a while and the urgency to get up into the line, they often go ahead of the line. Um, but I thought even, not even a defensive element, but just a tackling element. I thought there was a few slipped off tackles. So it could have been far more comfortable. Okay. Um, but, you know, I think they'd be delighted with the fact that they've won away from home. I think they've had a very good uh, good um, Christmas period. Mm. You know, and, uh, but I like watching Connacht play, I have to say. There's a level of enjoyment there, and I, I think we said it last week, but they have they look more balanced at the moment. I know they didn't get the win, and with a few players missing, Connacht will always suffer, I think, but they are, they're exciting. Yeah, they were missing Jared Butler, Dennis Buckley, Bundiaki, who was there watching, Kerman Marmion is injured, Tiernan O'Halloran as well, so they were missing a few, Connacht. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned the defence, because I saw a lot of people describe <coughs> this as Munster's most complete performance of the season. Yeah, I, I thought Munster played well. I thought they were they were very focused uh, in attack. Still not fully slick, but a, a lot of it was good. I thought, I have to say, for me, um, and we've heard lots of kind of grumblings at times for Carberry and elements of that. None of us from from this parish, I have to say. But I love the fact that he kicked incredibly well out of hand. Mm. He found grass where where he, I don't think he was even nervous to take those kicks. He's growing into the role of a 10. I, I love the progress he's making. I'm, I'm impressed. And I, th I, think, um, I think the team is beginning to, to grow and grow under, I think, the tutelage of Van Graan. The things that he said would happen are happening. I still, you'd still like them to be uh, attacking with a, a higher level of sharpness. Okay. But having said all that... They're top of their conference now, you know. It's mm. so it's look. I think it's really good. I think Munster in a good place for what they've done. But pretty much everything rests in the next two weeks, you know. For for everything that would happen this whole season, it rests on on what happens over the next two weekends. So um, it's very fine 
all the margins at the mm. moment. Mm. And um, but no, I thought I thought the play defensively they were poor. Okay, were you at the game, Rory? I was. Yeah, I was one of those who said it was their most impressive performance of the season. Okay, but I think that was more in terms of the attacking shape and just the fact that they looked like the, there was a clear, cohesive plan and they were able to follow it. And I think it all came down to their work in the collision with the ball. I think you're right about the defence, but I think that's more of an easy fix than the issues that we saw Agreed. at home and away against Cast. And at times it looked like they weren't getting there at all. And even against Leinster, I wasn't hugely impressed with their work and ball in hand. Their commitment was excellent and they looked better against 15 than 14. But I thought over the course of the 80, they just controlled the match. And you're, I think they, they, got, they should have got more reward for it. They should have been a bit further ahead. They shouldn't have been kind of holding on to a seven-point lead at the end. And to get four tries away from home, where you know, they've struggled in Connacht, as you mentioned, but also just away from home full stop this yeah. season. Took advantage of Glasgow slipping up um, against the, the Italians uh, and against Edinburgh over Christmas. So they're you know, top of their conference, top of their European pool. And it just they look, they look stuck in much better shape than they did after that cast away game. Yeah. Um, you know, Connacht down numbers and yeah, Bundy is the one that I think if you put him in there, suddenly it's a, it's a different game. But when Munster are bringing Conor Murray and CJ Stander on af with half an hour to go and Connacht are bringing on lads from their academy, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same ball game, yeah. but you got to admire the way Connick stuck at it, and Tom Farrell was just outstanding. Yeah, we should come on to Farrell in a moment. So, say uh, the defensive issues for Munster, they'll, they'll sort out, and they do like to get off the line, and so maybe they're betting some things in. But in attack, the O'Mahony try, there looked to be lots of moving parts in that try, and the Goggin try, which was what half the length of the field, there was a real kind of bit of intent about that, you know, like. Ron Nagara made the point a while back, Munster can't try to be Leinster, they have to be whatever Munster's brand is going to be. And I don't know, attacking-wise, they looked to have a bit more about them on Saturday. They absolutely did. But I, it's, of course they can't be Leinster. And yeah. they don't, they, like we said, they don't have the same type of players within it. Where Munster always were, and that's one of the things that you bug the hell out of me, actually. People would talk about Munster and say, ah, yeah, it's always forwards. It's not always forwards. It was never always forwards. It was actually always an integration of forwards and backs. Mm. Even back to 99, uh, 2000, some of the tries that were scored that year, which is the, you know, the last time I played for Munster, but yeah. it's a long time ago. But some of those tries were, they were just that mix of forwards and backs doing, yeah. playing really good football for it. Um, and you think of 08 and it was Doug Howlett and... Absolutely. And, but and all these but guys. But it was those guys, but it was those... Um, merged with the forwards yeah. play so it is always a little bit different but um, look I think Munster look in, in a good in a really good position I just think for what they've done over Christmas um, uh, they could have beaten Ulster and, you know and didn't and um, beating uh, Leinster and then winning away because they've been struggling away from home so I thought it was a great weekend I thought exactly as you said Rory I thought they should have finished the game saying yeah we've done really well and we can not that they want to ease up at the end but that they don't have that pressure of the fact that Connacht could have gone the length to have a draw which they were they were superior for the whole game but for the want of two or three sloppy tackles pretty much led to you know and a, and a the most bizarre non-intercept intercept pull out of the head mm. where everybody stopped and looked around. It was no one knew where the ball was. No, no, it was like put the put the ball up the jersey and see what happens. When Van Gaal took over, I think he put a lot of store in the video of that Saracens game and the fact that Munster's attack let them down that day, amongst other things. But I think the fact that they needed to add another layer to what they were doing, I think they they they've tried to integrate in kind of new attacking shape and all that sort of stuff but they've at times gone away from the core principles of their game and, and they went back to their mall on Saturday and I thought that was yeah. what they based the whole thing on. They won 18 out of 18 lineouts. Niles Scandal was very accurate out of touch. Mm -hmm. Kevin O'Byrne when he came on as well. 
and they were they played in the right areas. They they pinned Connacht back quite well. They chased their kicks very well, and everything grew from there. And it just against Cast Castro just caused a lot of disruption everywhere in the pitch, but particularly in the line out. Yeah. And I think. They, they, they need to evolve their game and they are evolving their game but they can't go up away from what made them really good that, in that Erasmus that, year. That ball were, is good enough to, that, that pack is good enough to compete with any pack in that, Europe. That, that, that back five of that pack I think is, is exceptional and they've got the, the scrum right as well. So absolutely, yeah, I mean they, they, they do have it. I mean sometimes they don't have players of the same calibre coming off the bench at times but even Jeremy Lockman who has gone down there from Leinster I thought did well at the weekend so that's a good sign that they're um, growing it. Um, so like I just think, yeah, if, they, if they've got a Gloucester and play to their strengths while also adding a few layers to their, their attacking game. It, it you know they they have a they should win. Yeah. Personally, you know I mean they, they've lost Chris Farrell. It looks like and he's. he's had a scan today. Yeah, he's yeah, been very lucky. Not a good, not a good yeah, sign. It's, it's the other knee. It's not even it's the same injury. Yeah. Yes, the other knee. I, do, I for, for me I find that um, I find that incredibly frustrating mm. because every time he's played he has set the pace on on fire. Yeah. Um, uh, he even the other day. Um, and I don't think he was—he wasn't anywhere near sharp, you know. Mm. For him, mm. every now and then he'll just bully somebody with the ball. He has the ball, but he's knocking them all over the place. And Munster are then running onto a ruck. They're in a position of where they can attack it. Yeah. It makes it much easier for the nine because he's running to pick up a ball that's clear at the back. And suddenly you're on the front foot again. And, and with the O'Mahony try I mentioned, where there were moving parts. Farrell really punched a hole, which yeah. got things moving and created a yeah. bit of panic. So, I mean, that's it's rugby. There's going to be a point where you need someone to punch a hole. Yeah, what I loved about that was that uh, Keith Earl's line was excellent. Keith right. Earl's look to pass. You can only really look to pass that knowing that somebody is running the right line. And Peter O'Mahony, who does so much work mm. all the time, mm. rarely runs that line. Mm. But uh, whether it was a pre-called or whatever, but he ran the most perfect line. Yeah. You know, still there was a bit of a juggle for it, but... You know, it was a, it was great. That was great rugby. Yeah. It, you know, and it, from any team at any time, that is bang, bang, bang. It was accurate. It was sharp. It was um, there was variation. One last point. I just wanted you to give your your um, uh, thoughts on was Carberry going to fullback where he got his try from. So Van Graham was talking about how Scannell wasn't there, so they wanted another playmaker, and it was a way to get a second playmaker on the field. Made the point that Carberry's going to get a bit more space at fullback potentially. So is that something you can see him? Dabbling in across a year? No. I think he's there as a 10 um, to do a job as a 10. I think he did it really well. And that's what I... I um, people were saying other players played very well. But for me, that was a progression in Joey Carberry, as his, his play from 10, his kicking out of hand, which is part and parcel of the monster, actually. Mm. Which isn't just kicking it up into the air, but it is finding a bit of grass afterwards. It is having a good defensive line up after it. Like, like we know he can play great at 15. I mean, I was a big fan of him when he was playing for Leinster, when you have Joey playing at 10, mm. because it took a huge, or when you have Johnny, Johnny yeah. playing at 10, it took a huge amount of pressure yeah. off Johnny by suddenly having another playmaker that could come straight into the line. Um, but I think he's there as the, as the 10. I don't think he'll ever wear 15, but I do, I do think there will be scenarios yeah. where they'll, they'll shift them out like they did on Saturday. And if they need a bonus point try, mm. you know, if they need, to, if they're chasing a game, Blindell I think still is a bit rusty, but has the game, you know, the capacity to come on and just take the show over from Joey. And then Joey moves out and 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 and, and can play there. It was interesting because we all, we often ask in here why uh, Andrew Conway isn't picked at fifteen, and I think it is Haley's playmaking ability. I think it's the fact that he is more like Simon Zebo and and Van Grand talked today down in Munster about um, having his playmakers in nine, ten, twelve, and fifteen, and and losing um, 
the the uh, Scannell from the centre and Haley from fullback meant that he had less playmakers on the pitch. I think that's why yeah. he did it that time. He so, said that afterwards. Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. So Connacht then, I mean, Keith's alluded to it, Rory. They're in a much improved place. They've won four out of six in the Pro 14. Could easily have been six out of six the way the Christmas period has yeah. gone for them. And I was looking, like this time last year, how miserable it was under Kieran Keane. They were out of playoff contention in the Pro 14. They're 12 points better off this season. Uh, first double over Ulster. And just the general mood down there is far happier. So they're in a great place, really, by comparison with last year. Absolutely. And I think I don't have the table in front of me. I think it's five of their six defeats have been bonus point defeats. Right. So they're well in every game yeah, they're exactly. playing in, which even for putting bums on seats, is, it, you know, you know you're getting a contest no matter what kind of mm. team show up. Mm. And I think they'd be kicking themselves that they, they weren't able to feel a little bit of a stronger team at the weekend because they were able to lift themselves above Munster and into second place behind the kind of a an ailing Glasgow, you know, Glasgow have run into a few issues recently, so they would have put themselves um, right in contention for topping the, the, the conference, but they're still in contention to get to a, a playoff place. Yeah. But, you know, first time since 2016, they've kind of lost that momentum of that title win that season, but it looks like Friend has just come in, breath of fresh air, and, and brought a bit of, you know, brought, brought he's, he's discovered a few gems in, in, in the setup. I mean, Tom Farrell was playing Championship Rugby a year ago. He's, they signed him from Bedford. And he's turned into a guy who looks like he'll, he'll certainly get into the Six Nations squad. And Paul Boyle on the flank, a kid who, who no one had really heard of until pre-season. Mm. He just spotted him straight away and said, right, let's get him in. He probably got recommended by the academy guys. So there's a, it's, it's a callow enough squad and it's always moving parts. There's a lot of interest in their players from other provinces and players might move on at the end of the year, as always is the case at Connacht. So there's almost a sense they need to strike mm. while the opportunity's there but they, they certainly are playing for their coach and they're yeah. getting the crowds behind them as well. Yeah, there's no doubt in a capacity crowd <coughs> on Saturday. So Farrell, did he have an underage pedigree? He was in the Leicester Academy. Yeah. He would have played underage, yeah, up the ranks, but he wasn't one of those that you would have heard a lot about, I don't think, when, okay. when he was coming through. I wouldn't know a huge amount about him, to be honest, but he's just burst onto the scene this season. Yeah, it just shows when he gives someone an opportunity sometimes. Yeah, I, I would dare say a lot of people well, saw Farrell properly for the first time on Saturday when he wrestled the ball out of uh, Arno Botha's hands. He's one of the top offloaders in the Pro 14. There was the break in the pass for the Kelleher try. And uh, he has the misfortune of playing in a position where, frankly, there's about 20 there's, other fellas there, who are rather good. We have a few. I love the fact that you said you didn't really know him because the journals would normally have chapter and verse and all these guys. And I was looking at him saying, where the hell did he come out of? Okay. And I know I've seen him before, but you know, you... <laughs> You know, you kind of need a standout performance sometimes mm. if the name isn't up there. And look, I thought that was a kind of half a joke of a try. That's you know, the one from both. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't why he he played so well the other day. He was. I thought he played very well defensively. I thought he played really well in attack. He just he looked sharp, but he looked at a lovely balanced runner. And you know, he's a he's a player that suits Connacht. You know, I was going to say for for I don't know how many matches that there are in that sort of Six Nations window where. Um, there, are, there are still a few matches that go on in terms of that period four, of time. Four, yeah. um, Connacht will have will be missing some players, but will not be missing a huge number of players. Mm. Um, that is a big window for them, you know. And back in the time when they won it, they were, they they managed to keep all their players virtually bar one, I think it was, mm. to to go and play and to and to compete and and they reaped uh, you know fairly large number of points at that stage, um, even with the sort of youth that they had to show um, and the academy guys that they showed the other day coming off the bench, when you're playing against teams that are showing a huge amounts of internationals, you have a great chance. And um, look, I just, I like the way they play. Yeah. And I do, I have to say, if there's one of the things we kind of bypass every now and then is rugby is about enjoyment, not just for the fans, but also for the players. 
they haven't enjoyed losing those games. Yeah. But they are playing a style that I think most rugby players would say, God, I wouldn't mind having an all cut at that. You know, there's a bit of freedom to it too. Yeah, it certainly looked that way. So King's home on Friday for Munster, then Rory reckons they can go there and win. The pool is unbelievably tight. So just four points separate Munster and Gloucester. Gloucester, bottom of the table. So it's Gloucester eight points, Exeter. Exeter will come to Thomond Park in round six. Exeter also on eight points. Castra are on nine points and then Munster are on 12. Realistically, with Castra hosting Gloucester in round six, Munster probably have, I mean, they certainly have to beat Exeter and they could do it beating Gloucester as well just to keep this thing in their own hands. This is a very tight pool. So do you think they'll go to King's home and win? Uh, I, I do. I, I, I don't know whether it's a great, um, you know, they haven't been winning away from home. So that is an issue. Um, I watched Gloucester, Leicester at the Leicester, weekend. Yeah. They were dreadful. Right. And I don't know why they were. But they, they were decent in Thomond Park they, until Cipriani's red they card. Were, they were decent for and have been decent all season. But mm. for the last two weeks, they've had a, a couple of hiccups. And they haven't looked great. And um, uh, it, it all depends on, like, Cipriani isn't playing again. Uh, is he, is he ruled out? It was a whisper he might this, be back. They, they've said that he might bring him back, but it's kind of... Do they either rush him back for this one or they give him another couple of weeks and get it and make sure he's 100% right. But they lost Owen Williams, I think, against Leicester. Yeah. And that's that may force their hand a little yeah. bit because if the both of them are out, then yeah. you know, you're, you're going down your, your, your uh, what do you call it, the depth chart and that's never right. good in a game like this. Did I read Gloucester were trying offloads from all over the shop against Leicester? There was, it, was, it, was, it, was a me- it was messy. Right. It was, it was one of those... You, you, it didn't kind of settle down at any stage. There were offloads, but there were... There was also missed tackles. There was people not running in defence at all. Okay. You know, there was a lack of work ethic, which you don't ever associate with Gloucester. Um, and I don't know whether it's some, you know, they've just kind of lost their way a little bit at the moment. So there's a couple of things for that. One is they may be down the dumps, and that'll be great for Munster. The other one is they'll say, "Hang on, we just need to nip this in the bud," mm. and they could uh, fully turn up. Uh, Glasgow is a cracking place to play a game of rugby. It just is, there's a great noise there. It's still very close. It's still that uh, old, school, yeah. Uh, yeah, old school type of attitude down there. It is a really, really big deal. It's sold out again. I think that one. Um, but uh, look, I just think I think Munster are on an upward curve. Mm. But these are the most no, important games. No, it's it's crunch time Ten now. days of kind of. Boom or bust almost, you know? Yeah, especially in that pool. Um, Leinster beat Ulster 40 points to seven. Six tries. Uh, the bonus point was in the can at half time. Plenty of frontliners uh, rested. Uh, the news today is that Johnny Sexton is now 50-50 for Saturday against Toulouse. That lower leg injury is uh, what we're being told at Thomond Park. Devon Toner is doubtful. And then Rebbie, Robbie Henshaw, who we thought would be back sometime mid-Six Nations, is now... In contention for Saturday. Back yeah. running. I don't think for Saturday. I think for the following Saturday. Is that following what they were okay. saying? Uh, I, I read it that it was in contention for this week, but that might be just something they're saying today. I, I'd be surprised. But I've he been surprised by Robbie Henshaw before. Had an unbelievable performance last yeah. season, you remember. He has that capacity yeah. to do it. He's done it before. But yeah, it, it, it would be a surprise to see him come straight back onto the pitch and then straight, yeah. straight, straight yeah. out there. And it would be a surprise to see in a World Cup year the RFU allowed him take that risk if there was a risk. And I would think the same goes for Sexton. I mean, you know what Joe Schmidt and Devin Nusifor are saying about the situation. Get him on the field. Well, it was interesting <laughs> that Ross Byrne yeah. stayed on the bench for 80 minutes against Ulster at the weekend. Okay. And he did media last Monday, which would suggest that he was supposed to be involved. And then suddenly Kieran Frawley played and yeah. Byrne was on the bench. Frawley played very well. Uh, he did. He was excellent. Yeah. But you, you're wrapping, they're wrapping Byrne and Cottonwell for a reason. They didn't want to 
lose both of their out halves. So I think 50-50 seems a bit generous. I mean, Len Leinster fans will hate the sound of it, but it, it, you just can't play Johnny Sexton on the eve of the Six Nations if he's 50-50 with what's probably a calf injury. True. You just can't. Well, if no. you have an injury, you have an injury. There's, there's a couple of things that if there's a risk, um, it's hard now because these are things that you'd always have played with. But actually, calf injuries are, are they're a pain because it can go and go an awful lot worse. Yeah. Same with, a, same with a hamstring for, not that I would know, I never had a hamstring injury in my life, but my calves used to kind of be a bit vulnerable from time to time. But yeah. um, like for Robbie Henshaw coming back in, if it's suddenly news that he's back running and they're very close now, still probably unlikely to go this weekend and probably to go the following one. But look, if he's hurt, he's hurt. Yeah. Well, 50-50, so... I guess you yeah, see Toner's an interesting one. Like, Toner's never injured. That's another um, bit of a surprise. But, yeah. I mean, Byrne has come in and done really well in Johnny's absence mm -hmm. against big teams before. This, I mean, he started that semi-final in the Pro 14 against Munster. This will be certainly at least on par because this is a must-win game for Leinster. Yeah. They may squeak out of their pool regardless of whether they get a result. But Toulouse was, are in flying form. So. They are, yeah. I was looking. So Toulouse are 17 mm. points. Leinster are 15, which puts them as the highest-placed runners-up at the moment. Mm. Um, Toulouse are unbeaten in 12 matches. They're flying. They drew with Claremont away as well. Leo Cullen was making Leinster does um, Say again? It's amazing what beating Leinster does for them. But there's, a team, that, there's yeah. a team worth watching at the moment. Well, they're playing brilliant stuff. Yeah, it's just a pleasure. That is a throwback to yeah. to the sort of mid-90s when you know, you'd know you be blessing yourself running out into the field. Because Leo Cullen made the point that against Ulster, first 20 minutes were excellent, and then he says Leinster got a bit loose. And he was saying the one thing we can't be against this Toulouse side is loose. There can't be intercept passes, as they would have learned against Toulouse, but there can't be that looseness on Saturday. And I fully suspect there won't be. I mean, it was a lot of uh, frontliners watching on Saturday. Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a mental challenge when you're playing against an Ulster team that's fallen off tackles to try and stay, you know, to, to well, remember that you're still in the game because you've got three tries after 20 minutes and you know the fourth's going to come at some stage. So I don't think it's a comparable. I think Leo was probably scratching around for something, something, to, yeah. something, something to, to cling say, on. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the game and I was sitting beside a wise old soul and when Sean Cronin scored in five minutes, he leaned over and said, I reckon 40 points to 10. And he was only about three out yeah. and it had that feel and if they needed another try or two, they could have got it. Like Ulster left everybody at home. It's, look, we... we Player management is a reality, but there are and there are commercial demands. People want games every week, but I mean, an Ulster team came down and tried, but they knew from minute one there's no chance here. And if you've eighteen and a half thousand people sitting there for all the second half wondering, what is the real point of this? But eighteen and a half thousand people bought tickets. That's true. And they knew beforehand there's a very good chance that at least one of the team was going to be weakened yeah. because it's been going on for four or mm. five years. And until people vote with their vote with their feet, and yeah. a couple of people have gotten onto me on social media and stuff, but. Connacht sold out, like all four of the last four block, I'm not sure about the first two sold out. Certainly Leinster Connacht did, so at least five of the six, probably six of the six, they all sold out. So people know that this is possibly going to happen and yet they're still buying tickets. And as long as that happens, the, the, the provinces will think they, 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 they well, it's not getting away with it, you know, they, they've each got a st structure in place and if they get the results in the next, if we get three, four Irish teams into the quarterfinals, yeah. then what harm with sold out stadiums but yeah it doesn't look great for the league it doesn't look great for fixture and yeah people are, are showing up so. now there, is, there is a benefit it was actually very nice to be there and one to see Conor O'Brien really make a, a statement and then you see other things like Scott Penny who I'm again wasn't overly familiar with it seems the entire Leinster back row are from St Michael's I mean if St Michael's want to just Half take the over squad. The, the, yeah. the academy they can so Scott Penny 19 years old at one point made a break play number 7 and honestly the pace 
So you do get moments, I suppose, as a fan where you get the first glimpse of a guy who might go on to play for Ireland and you get to say, well, I've, I've seen him. And they are, you know, so there, there well, is a benefit, I'd say, if you're a hardcore fan going every week. Well, I look at that differently. I would say that for Leinster, um, did Leinster know that Ulster were putting out that team? I would think so. Well, Here's the, here's the logic if you're Dan McFarland. We're doing okay in the Pro 14. We're within contention oh, no, no. and we're in contention of Europe. This was the game away to Leinster that would have been earmarked as being sacrificed months yeah. ago, let alone this week. So I'd say everybody knew what the deal was. Well, yeah. I, would, I would look at that and say for Leinster, they put out a team to win and win well. And they did that. Yeah. And I don't know that you can say to a fan, you've been shortchanged. You, you know, I. By Ulster, be, though, there's an argument. Yeah, by Ulster, by Ulster, maybe. And, but, it, but I look at and Munster actually put far more of their frontline guys up to Connacht, and maybe that was for one that they thought they could actually get the win over. And, you know, that's. Yeah. I, I, I say, it's such, is, such is life. I get a bit frustrated by it at times, but. Um, Maybe it is about not having the three of them well, it, bang, well, bang, it, bang. It, maybe that's, yeah, the, that's issue. That is the thing. Maybe that's the, the issue. The, the, the only away win across this, if we call it the, the provincial miniseries, was Munster away. Yeah. Now we sit here and scoff at the top 14 because there's no away wins. That's just a slight danger. There's almost become an, not an, it's not so an, an unwritten rule the, per se, but there's generally been a trend of lesser teams going away. Just having the three, the three match, the three week, or the three weekends, bang, bang, bang. bang. Yeah. It, it, you're going to have to mix up the players course, because yeah. you've got two big matches coming in afterwards. And it's on the back of two big games. But well. I'm going to say that's one of the strengths of the of the, of the Pro 14. And I may be disagreeing with something I said a couple of years ago on it because um, I'm looking at every, of all the other players that are playing for England, they're all injured. Sure. They have an unbelievable um, uh, injury profile in, from, from the English squad. They've guys kind of coming back and not really getting a chance and suddenly they're going to go and play in the next two big matches and then they've another four. You know, there's there's very few gaps anymore. Uh, listen, I, I, know it's, I don't it's, have the solution. The only no, solution is... No, I don't is, either and I don't even know if I'm defending what I agree with or not. The reality it's, is television and radio and media want games every week yeah. and every games every week for the best players aren't possible. Conor O'Brien played at centre. Yeah. Uh, he's been discussed as a live option for the Champions Cup squad. Leo Cullen, they'd have to register him uh, tomorrow, tomorrow so yeah. the Henshaw situation... Maybe Joe Tamani's out, so okay, they, they can they can get him in instead of him. I was surprised they didn't do it before Christmas. To be right. honest, this guy's really good. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, another player who kind of came into the academy with um, a couple of got a couple of injuries at the start. He won the AAL with Joey Carberry back in 2016. Was part of the 2016 World Cup uh, team, the, the under 20s World Cup teams with James Ryan, Jacob Stockdale, and we're starting to see the second wave of those players. Yeah, you know, we've, we've had the exceptional ones who've gone on to play for Ireland straight away, but the second wave, Max Stephen was playing well at the weekend, Adam McBurney scored a try, he was on that team. Um, and O'Brien is from GAA stock, he's, his, uh, his dad won an under 21 All-Ireland with Offaly, I think he captained them, but he played for Mullingar, so he comes through the youth system as well, so it's, you know, there's not that many of them come through, there. it's a steady trickle, but it's still a trickle. Yeah. And he's come in and he is, uh, Slowly, but surely, made his debut last year. Didn't go well from um, I can't who was against, but has been given a chance this year, having knocked on Neil Cullen's door and said, "What do I have to do?" Mm. Was given a list of things to do, did them, ticked the boxes, was given a chance. And every time I've seen him this year, he's been excellent. Has he? Yeah. And no yeah, read at twelve in his back, but it seemed to me like O'Brien was playing at twelve a lot in that game. Yeah, they, I think that they mix it, that, mix they mix it up. Yeah, if they need a hard carry, they send give it to O'Brien, and if they need a pass, they'll give it to, to Reed. I mean, I, and, and that's not to say O'Brien can't do the other stuff as well. I thought he's um, he looks. I, I think he's got a great to go to be in the same conversation as say the, the Farrells and these guys. But he's still only twenty two, um, and he looks like Leinster are building a really solid set of 
provincial players who are not like they need them because all the internationals will be gone for the next two months well it's for days um, like Saturday just gone exactly yeah. and uh, and they're just able to perform he's been part of that they've won all their games against their kind of lesser opposition this season they've only lost two all year mm. and that is because they have this really solid Rory O'Loughlin Adam Byrne player, you know Ross mm. Maloney who haven't got the international recognition but they're just so solid and so good he was asking you know, Contepomi, what do I need to do? And he was saying the big thing for me was not following the play. Contepomi was saying I was playing like an amateur, I was following the play, I was trying to get involved in everything, whereas the best option sometimes is to sit back, get in the right position. That's just one of the little uh, tidbits he gave people. So, yeah, he's part of that James Ryan, Porter, Stockdale generation, and he's coming through very nicely. Very nicely. Well, I, and I would say, because we talked about it before the, before the Christmas, that, you know, that we'll get the chance to see a lot of these guys. But you're seeing them playing big matches. You know, I know... Maybe, you know, Ulster didn't have a, a strong side out, but they got the chance, they took the chance. Mm. And I just think it becomes an option, because you're never going to have to put five of them on at once. Yeah. So it becomes an option. Guys get a chance to put their hand up. It's true. I thought for a 21-year-old who had thrown an intercept pass at Thomond Park the week before, Kieran Frawley performed very well. Yeah. I, thought he was, I actually thought he was fantastic. I thought he, I know um, that pass would be one he'll rue. Yeah. Um, but the best way to do it is to get back on. I actually think there's a huge amount of credit goes to Leo Cullen to make certain that he was picked immediately the following week. Mm. He gets back up on the horse immediately mm. and he had a fine game. Mm. And um, now it's a great game to get back up on the it horse. It was a nice game to play yeah. in for sure, yeah. yeah. He's played 10, 12 and 15. On yeah, he's just got got oodles of talent, doesn't he? And he just looks really athletically um, yeah. strong as well. Like he's a different option to Ross Byrne. Like, you know, Carberry and Byrne were nice to have because they, they could have done they could have gone either way with them and Frawley's not even like Carberry he's got his own game going on I actually sat down with O'Brien uh, Conor O'Brien last week and did an interview with him I haven't published it yet right. but he was just talking at, at the start about it. just he was thrown from being the 24th man because of Dave Carney's injury he came off the bench in Thomond he was just loving it you know the, the buzz that a young player gets from playing in full Thomond Park against pretty much the full Munster team yeah. and the experience they get from it you know it didn't go well for them results wise but himself and Frawley would have taken so much from that 20 minutes that they yeah. got and um, carry it into the, these games that are coming up because once the focus goes off the Pro 14 they're the guys who'll shine Yeah and Max Deegan a lot of people said had a good game we know about his underage pedigree there was a sense he'd almost been overtaken in recent times but he looked good at the weekend I thought he looked really sharp he yeah. looked really he looked athletic at the weekend I, like, I know Conan keeps getting mentioned all the time but I think his form has dipped a little okay. um, and I think there's a fair bit of pressure coming you know and, but it, and the, the only downside to the game is yeah he played very well but what was he playing against mm. and so it, it's it just makes that a little bit hard but he just he's not a huge imposing character but he's one of those efficient rugby players you know it's he's got he's the decent, he, he, yeah. he started off in the backs as well I think he's got a, he's got a good top end speed yeah. and he's a real he's just a, when he gets go, he gets a bit of time and space he looks so good and mm. there's a little bit you know Conan's uh, former or not he's only 24 he's only 25 26 uh, Deegan's 22 and then you've got Caelan Doris coming through at 20 it's three number eight potential Ireland players in the Leinster, Leinster squad this is going to be another of those, you, you, another of those use it or lose it Leinster fans won't like right. hearing it yeah. but one of them's going to have to move I think to get the, the solid time at eight and that's go, going to be good for Irish rugby I if think they, we're if all becoming accustomed to that now aren't yeah. they? It's, I mean when it happens again there'll be less of a shock so Toulouse come to the RDS Saturday it's a lunchtime kickoff. Toulouse 17 points Leinster 15 points it's pretty much, we're chalking this one up as game of the weekend it's going to be great I'm at it are you? I am. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Um, just because um, Toulouse are one of the aristocrats of the game mm. and haven't been for five years. And 
uh, have lost their way and now are back. And there's something, I think, a little bit special about seeing whether they're able to raise their game, um, you know, in Leinster, because Leinster are, they are the team, you know, and when you see a, a close to full Leinster team out, I think it becomes a real battle, actually. And yeah. it depends on, on how it goes. But I, I think there's a bit of a joy to Toulouse that may differ. And they were always the ones who took the Heineken Cup seriously. Sure. You know, they were always the ones that said they wanted to be champions. They wanted to win away from home. They wanted to do all that sort of stuff. It wasn't just about their home league. Mm. So I think this is a tough one. Is, is, has beating Leinster in France prompted this? I think, it, I, I think a number like there's a lot of factors I brought in Reggie Sanes who was having a nice hi- hiatus in, in West Cork right, for yeah. two years and has come in as part of the coaching ticket and by all accounts has, has really had a, a huge impact and they brought in uh, Jerome Kino, um at the start of the season I mean he's one of the greatest all backs of all time. I mean, he's got to have an impact in terms of your culture. Yes, in terms he could of your, be a Brad Thorne esque figure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't. Yeah, and then they've got Charlie Faumuina, who's who's uh, a little bit bigger than he was when he was playing for the All Blacks, but he's still able to hold up a scrum. So they've brought in a bit of world class players. They brought they've added to their coaching ticket. Um, Cheslin Colby, they, they got from the, the, the box, who's just outstanding and is X factor and just gives you so much. And, and when they go away to Bath and win and didn't play particularly well that day, you know, they got away with it with the Freddie Burns thing, but they still are able to create opportunities. They've won away in Bath and, and in Wasps Wasp so far, so now they're stepping up to the RDS, mm. and it's going to be fascinating. It's Like you said, it's the game of the weekend. It, you're picking from a, a decent field. It's one of the best weekends of Champions Cup since the whole thing got thrown up and yeah. started again. I mean, and, and are you confident Leinster will get the job done minus Johnny Sexton? No. Not, um, I think they, they can, and I think if they play to their potential, they will, but I think you're taking out a pretty major part of it. And if you take Tone out of their line-out, which has struggled a little bit over Christmas, um, you know, Ryan and Fardy, the, the, James Lowe's not there, so the, the three out of two equation is gone. So it'll be Fardy and, and Gibson Barkley on, on the bench, I presume. But Fardy and, and Ryan is still a good combination. But Toner is just your, your solid, your, he's your go-to man. He, he runs the whole show. Mm. And he was, in November proved how important, you know, November yeah. was good for him. Yeah. Um, so Sexton and Toner are big players in that Leinster setup, And I think their depth has been denuded a little bit from last season. So, um, yeah, I'd have a little bit of concern for them. I, you know, you'd still back them at home. Um, one o'clock kickoff isn't very kind to them either. Mm. Um, it should be probably the game that it is. I think it should get a better billing, but um, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll be okay. Um, I think Ross Byrne has done very well. Mm. Um, I think he plays closest to Johnny Sexton. Yeah. You know, I don't think it makes a radical change to, to the team mm-hmm. when he comes on. Of course, it makes a change, and Johnny is 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 as Johnny is. Um, and I think Leinster are that first team are a bit angry with their own anger and mm. with losing down in Thoman Park mm. and wanting to get back onto, you know, they're, they're home and hosed in in the uh, Pro 14. 14. They're yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah. So this is the stuff that lights their wick. So I, I actually think they'll be, they'll be good. Okay, that's not one to be missed for sure. And then Ulster will have the big guns back. No Henderson, it seems Stockdale is a maybe yep. for the weekend. So they have Racing in Belfast. Racing are on 19 points, Ulster are on 14 points. So they're joint second with Glasgow as the second place teams. Um, so they're right in the mix here and they're hoping to pull something special off in Belfast against Racing. And their scrum got a big write-up before Christmas when they went back to back against Scarlets. But they're going up against, I think, the the France front row effectively and uh, Gomez Sa and Benaru are two of the best props. Certainly they, they, they rival Leinster for having the best scrum in the competition so they absolutely monstered them over in Paris. So it was at that game, Ulster started well but 
they got scrummed off the park. So that's going to be a big test for, for this kind of ultra revival. Yeah. They can still get through without winning it. I think they can still go to Leicester and win the following week and, and, and manage to squeeze through. But it's a big test of how far they've come and how far whether the resting players over the last week will, was the right thing to do. Yeah, I think I think Leicester have refound their mojo. Having it, they've just eased their way back into it. They've had a couple of decent performances and results. Um, I think some depends on the weather. I, you know, if if we uh, there's a isn't there a wind due in at the, this weekend? It'd get worse, um, alright, yeah. And. Um, I think Ulster would be looking for a dirty enough day on the hope that they might put off the Parisians, uh, those among them who are Parisian. But um, I, I Racing are, are they're eager for this yeah, too. They, they really they really want to give it a go. And if they could put uh, Ulster away, they'd be pretty happy with themselves. But okay. well, a losing bonus point's not the end of the world for sure for Ulster. No. I think Racing are the one French team right now who won't care about that. They're just they, they, yeah. they've they've proven it away from home over the years, and they've become a real European force. They've lost Thomas. He looks like he might be out for the Six yeah. Nations as well. It's oh, a really? big blow. Okay. But you know, I think any team with Dunnock Ryan won't mind the weather. But I think Ulster. Well, Dunnock won't. Yeah. It's whether he can convince everybody else right. that it's actually <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but I think Ulster have done extraordinarily well. Yeah so far oh, they're way ahead of where we thought um, they'd be I think and um, so you never know okay that is our first Monday night rugby of the new year and we're right back into the good stuff so Keith Wood thanks very much Rory O'Connor from the Irish Independent Cheers, the weekend and uh, we're back in just a few moments time Monday night rugby on off the ball 